Blog Talk Radio. show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure am glad you did. And yes, I just got a tweet um, from a friend of mine in um, Amsterdam, actually, and they can hear my voice. Apparently, yesterday, I want to apologize to everybody. Um, we went ahead and did the show and, and thought everything was fine. I the, the one time I didn't check, and apparently there was some sort of glitch with the show and our... Um, our closing bumper music just played over and over again. <laughs> no one could hear me or anybody or the guest or any of that. So we've rescheduled that show, um, and we're in the process of rescheduling it. We, I will have that information just as soon as I have it back, the new time and date. But I do want to apologize uh, for anybody tuning in. They, uh, they certainly got to hear our closing bumper music over and over. And it was, you know, I love technology when it works, folks. But apparently it's working today, so um, I made sure that I, I wanted to uh, to check that and verify that. And it is checked and verified, so there we go. Now, I'm super excited. Um, oh, and thanks for all the messages, too. I, I, I posted on Facebook last night how I was feeling under the weather last night, and I, got, yeah, I must have got like 25 messages, um, DMs, as the kids are calling in these days, and uh, I appreciate that. Um, I'm fine. Uh, you know, I know everybody's hypersensitive in the, the age we live in with uh, illness. I, I just think I might have had some bad fish or something. <laughs> I'm, my wife's out of town. I'm home alone, uh, me and the animals, so I'm eating weird stuff, you know, in the in the deep freeze I look and say, hey, that's only been in there three years. Let me, uh, let's cook that up. That's a good idea. And it wasn't. Uh, but I'm feeling fine today. So thanks for everybody who uh, messaged and everything. I appreciate that. And today I'm super excited. We have um, a uh, some very interesting guests today. And it just, um, I was so, when I first heard about this, I was blown away. I um, I live in South Florida, and there was a local group that does something similar here with one of the FSU, I believe, or FSA, I, I can't remember, but it was on the news. And um, it was students that were involved with the uh, state police, uh, well, with a college course, and they helped close a case. Um, and it was Kismet or something, a, a good friend of mine I went to high school with, uh, her and her husband's daughter is currently taking a, uh, a really interesting college course. And she had posted something about uh, one of her classes, and it, it, I, it, my ears perked up, my eyes perked up, because I, it reminded me what I saw on the news. And sure enough, um, I said, I need to talk to your professors <laughs> because I find this fascinating. And so here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I would like to welcome uh, Dr. Karen Holt and uh, Miss Allison Rochek, uh, professors of the, uh, I believe it's the Cold Case Homicide Review Team is the title of the college course. 
So the, the title of the college course is actually um, Cold Case Investigations, but we are also, no. so that's the, the course, and then we are, uh, Allie and I are both members of a, the Cold Case Homicide Review Team, which is uh, kind of separate from the course, and we that's how we developed the course was being part of the review team. That's amazing. That's amazing. And folks, just so you're aware, and maybe I, I've got this wrong, um, and, and ladies, please correct me, of course, if I do. Um, they're like, oh, great. We're going to be here all day, Jamie. We're going to be here all day. Um, <laughs> I'm just telling you how it's going to probably go. No, um, this is very cool because these are actual real cases um, that uh, – are unsolved, unclosed. Uh, families and uh, people involved don't have closure on this, uh, these mm-hmm. particular cases. And you guys, um, you, you know, they, you, everybody's always heard that old adage, well, some fresh eyes never hurt. We well, got a whole bunch of eyes looking at this stuff, right? Right. Yeah. Allie, do you want to talk a little bit about how the review team started? Yeah, absolutely. So this kind of all started when, um, ironically, um, not not long after COVID kind of um, kind of um, came to came to be, um, we had a, a detective that was working down at at one of the posts, working on a, a, a you know working on regular cases um, as they were coming in, and uh, in free time, uh, which is very limited, would pick up a cold case and kind of quickly realized mm. that. He did not have enough time or resources to be able to work this case on his own um, while still working, you know, active cases that were coming in. So he reached out to to some professionals in the field and kind of got some um, some ideas of how he might find some additional resources. And one of the recommendations that was made was reaching out to to a local university. Um, and so uh, our detective reached out to uh, to Michigan State University, just a kind of a uh, you know, hey, anybody willing to help? type email, and uh, I think Karen and I were probably the first two that responded, uh, <laughs> given our, our research interests, our, our backgrounds, and, uh, you know, that that was um, March, April of, of 2020 that we started with a few um, of our graduate students wow. as well involved in the team, and it's it's just been evolving and growing ever since, and this, this spring we brought in our, our students, and so now we have undergraduates working with us as well, but they're getting college credit and experiential learning for uh, their time and their efforts in, in working these cold cases with us and, and the, the Michigan State Police. Yeah, and one of the ways That's I amazing. think our, our – It is amazing. Like, and I – one of the ways our course is different, a lot of the courses that run that, you know, that use this um, where it's law enforcement and academia kind of working together, like a lot of the, the courses are mostly just students organizing case files or indexing case files and they don't they don't get too much contact with law enforcement but with uh, with our mm. course one of the i think in, it's unique in that they are working side by side with the detectives um you know at least uh six up what is it four three hours a week right um that they work solely with the detectives and then ali and i come in and do kind of the academic side uh, once a week for three hours so they really get the best of both worlds that's amazing. That is, you know, I mean, because you hear it, and I remember it's been a long time since I, uh, uh, you know, finished up with school. A long time, folks. Or at least it seems that way. Um, but one of the things when you're looking for work afterwards is, you know, everybody's like, hey, what kind of experience do you got? Or, uh, you know, we, we need this experience, you know, 
this will set these students ahead of the game, you know, uh, down mm-hmm. the track a little bit from everyone else. That's cool. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a good thing <laughs> when you're looking for work. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we uh, we actually talked with the students. We talked with some of the students today. Um, we we had our class with them today, and we, you know, realized that this was the first time that many of them had ever seen a, a police report. Um, so they just even like you said the the experience they they're not used to seeing these documents and and language and terminology and shorthand and whatnot that's used. So for the students who really want to go into the criminal justice field, it's fantastic firsthand experience that they can be a little bit more familiar with some of these things as they, they move out of academia um, and, and into the, you know, into the field and are doing the, the work themselves. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome. That benefits society as well. You know, the rest of us out here, uh, it, unfortunately, we need the police. We, we need stuff happens, man. And, um, you know, we, we all live in together and we're on the boat. We, we, we need things to run as smoothly as they can. And uh, mm-hmm. so this is fantastic. This is fantastic. It, um, no, both of you ladies have a extensive background. I mean, you know, you ain't teaching a college course unless you know, you know, your ducks are in a row and, and you know your stuff. Um, just reading, and we have on our show page uh, the accolades and whatnot, your, your, your background and, and the schooling and, and training and whatnot that you guys have done. Um, Amazing, amazing. When you both were starting out, now, you, you know, you, you, you went away to school, undergraduate, and uh, was criminal justice, like, on, the, uh, on your radar, or, you know, did you want to be a marine biologist? And then things, <laughs> as anybody who's been to college knows, things change. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> One semester of Mandarin taught me, no, I would do yeah, I wanted. I thought I wanted to move to Hong Kong. No, I did not. I don't think it took a semester, maybe a week or two. I was like, I'm out of here. Um, how was that, getting into criminal justice? For me, I, um, I started off in forensic psychology. And so my undergraduate, I always knew I wanted to do something related to crime. But that was always, that was never a question. I definitely knew I wanted to be involved in um in criminal, you know, criminal cases, and I thought I really wanted to approach it from the forensic psychology perspective. Uh, so I did my undergrad at the Sales University outside of Allentown, Pennsylvania, because they had an under um, okay. an undergrad um, a psychology degree with an emphasis on forensic um, psychology. So I started off there, and then I went on to do a master's in forensic psych, and really, you know, like it's funny. I was thinking about this the other day because someone asked, like, how did you get become interested and I honestly it was watching Alfred Hitchcock movies as a kid and then seeing you know I know this is gonna I know and it's gonna sound you know psycho I remember you know watching psycho and just thinking like I want to talk to him but he sounds like so he's so fascinating and so you know it's definitely I I remember like those watching that and thinking like this isn't I want to do this right like somehow I want to be involved in this and then after um, my master's in forensic psychology, I think I kind of felt like psychology, I was hitting a bit of a wall. Most of the work was civil in nature, and I really wanted to understand, mm. focus more on, on criminal behavior. And so that's when I kind of switched to criminology and criminal justice. And it was not something that had been on my radar until kind of going through the psych programs um, and really finding some mentors who were doing work in criminology and criminal justice. And I feel like that was such a great blend for me 
because now I do have that psych background and it, and it, I think with the criminology, um, you know, like with that, with the PhD in criminology, it's a really nice blend of like the social sciences. That's amazing. And I'm a big fan of psycho as well. Um, I'm telling you, I, here's the red flag, ladies and gentlemen, if you're talking to a fellow and he says a boy's best friend is his mom, run. No, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. Anyhow, anyhow, how about you, uh, Mrs. Rojek? Uh, did, uh, did you know criminology was, was, you know, the, the path you wanted to, uh, go down? I, I did. So similar to, to Karen, I knew I, I wanted to be in that field uh, in some way, shape, or form. Uh, mine was, was not from Alfred Hitchcock movies. Um, mine was actually from a class that I was, I was able to take in high school. Um, she took a criminalistics class, um, so very forensic side of things, where our, our teacher would make mock crime scenes. And then we used a variety of different, you know, tests to gather the evidence and do fingerprint analysis and all that stuff. And I just thought that was the most fascinating thing. And I was like, I'm going to go to school for that. So um, I did my undergrad at University of Northern Iowa, which was close to close to home for me. But uh, um, they had an anthropology, sociology, criminology program. I started in anthropology, um, realized that wasn't a good fit for me. Um, and then I moved over to criminology, and that's, that's where I found my home um, in, in doing that. Uh, went on to pursue uh, graduate work at uh, University of Missouri-St. Louis and um, got my master's there. And then for me, um, I needed, I, I wanted to take a, a, a pause from the education side of things. Um, I wasn't sure if that was really mm-hmm. the, the path for me. So I went into the field. Um, I actually moved um, down to South Carolina and became a crime and intelligence analyst for an agency. So I was kind of taking some of those techniques and, and skill sets that I had learned in grad school and then applying them in, in cases, trying to figure out you know, how cases were connected. Do we have patterns? Do we have trends? Are these burglaries committed by the same group? What's, what's going on here? So I did that for a few years before um, coming back into, into the teaching side of things and then starting to, um, to teach undergrads about some of the stuff that I had learned over, um, over the course of my, my education and my, my time in the field. So that's kind of my background. But, yeah, from early on, I knew it was something in, in CJ. I just didn't know what. It took me a little bit, but um, I figured out that that's the, that was the path for me. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and, you know, I'm blown away that they had a high school co- class that, that would focus on, man, it's so different than the high school I went to. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, I grew up in Metro Detroit, I, and this was back in the day. I, I, I think the whole high school, people weren't even encouraged to go to college, really. They, you know, you, you were supposed to, they wanted everybody to get a job at the factory making cars. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's what they were turning mm-hmm. out with us. Oh, you yeah. want to wait to school? Okay, weirdo. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I I want to take that class. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Hey, rockers. This is Stacey Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. 
I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In Season 1, I interview Phil Toussaint from Ozzy Osbourne's band, Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the book 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember... T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, She's a fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A. L-B-I-O-N.com. MichelleAubion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out. It's, it's so cool. Let me ask, because you guys were experts in crime and, and, and how the mental processes of um, criminals and whatnot and, 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 and the patterns and, and, and what have you uh, that, that come... You know, I was just talking to a friend of mine, uh, these two girls that watch our, our dog in our house, good friends of ours, and uh, when we go out of town, and they were over the other night, it, you know, it's so nice now that we can have people over, um, you know, that the, uh, the the pandemic waned a little bit, um, and, uh, you know, that's uh, social uh, starts happening again. Um, but they were over for dinner the other night, we were talking, and they're both, uh, what it is, is my wife. I got my wife hooked on these uh, these box games that we order, and then they it, it's almost you know they they come in a box and you get all these clues and you're scanning mm-hmm. stuff with your phone and you're you're solving a murder mystery. The girls love it, man. They are just into it. I don't have a lot of patience for it, but um, but they have a good time. So the girls were over and uh, they were getting ready to do that, and we were talking about crime. And I you know I kind of made a joke. I'm like. Man, it would be hard. I said, I don't understand criminals today. It's, it's hard, you know. Uh, 
somebody does a crime and Gil Grissom and the CSI team rolls in and they've got lasers and all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, crime 50 years ago, I think would be a breeze. Probably wasn't. And um, how much, when you have fresh students coming into your courses and whatnot, you know, I get it. Uh, you know, realistically, television and movies, you're probably seeing a lot of embellishment and whatnot. Um, do you have that? You know, the students are like, well, where's the CSI lasers? You know, why are we looking at paperwork? Yeah. Is there that the reality versus the fiction fantasy? Does that happen like the first week? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I think even for Allie and I, you know, like when we started working with the police, I mean, I know that I, you know, coming from the forensic psych side and, and like my background is in interviewing people who have committed, um, committed crimes. And so I knew nothing about the forensics or criminalistics or any of that. And I remember, you know, when we started working with the police, just thinking like, and they would say, okay, well, we have, you know, uh, a victim's jacket, but we should get it tested. And I, so I'm like thinking, okay, take it down the hall to the lab and, you know, it'll come back in an hour and we'll know. And then, like, you know, we'll go make an arrest. I mean, so even I think among, you know, because we specialize in, you know, what we specialize in. And so we don't have like the, the knowledge necessarily of, of all the parts of the, the system. And definitely with the students, I think a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the TV shows, a lot of the depth, I remember, Allie, you probably remember this too. Like we all wanted to be Clarice. I mean, I still want to be Clarice Darling, you know, with Silence of the Lamb and, oh, yeah. and like the profilers. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so we definitely get a lot, a lot of that. And a lot of it is really trying to educate students about what, what it actually looks like, um, managing those expectations of, you know, what, what the field looks like and, and what actual, you know, we, like one of the biggest things Allie and I were talking about this the other day is, trying to explain that profiler is not an actual job, right, is like a very difficult concept mm. um, for our students. And it's really disappointing, too, because we all, like, wanted to be profilers. But there's a lot of that, like, really having to counter, you know, a lot of the media effects. But I love – the thing I love is, like, for me, like I said, you know, media was what got me interested and got me to the door. And then it was like, okay, now that I'm here, like, learning about the realities and, um, and, and like, you know, I think Allie – do you feel like kind of the same way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our students today, um, I, you know, I was just in a class this morning and we, we went over some, some true crime cases and, and, you know, our students, they, they love podcasts about true crime and serious. Cool. Yep. Hello, Allison. I think we lost her. Can you hear us, Allison? Allie lived out in the Ooh. middle of nowhere, so it might have, might be the the, car, the call drop. She'll probably be back. She'll be back. Yeah. All right. Can you hear me? Back. Yep, there she is. Oh, we can hear you, oh, Allie. Yep. She's back. She came out of the tunnel. <laughs> All those tunnels in Central I, Michigan. Um, I mean, I, I love living out here, but there is definitely um, a, a technology downside to uh, to living out in the middle of nowhere. But um uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so you our, our students you love this you stuff. Were doing a class. Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I you you finish your thought. Um, no, we'll our, our students love this. Um, they love this true crime kind of genre that's mm. really become so popular now, um, and cold case stuff. So I think they have a, a lot of information about it. But I think, like like Karen was mentioning, it's kind of you know 
our role a little bit to kind of make sure that that's that that's a reality too like yeah we were just talking about profiling and, and trying to give a a realistic expectation of, of what that um as a career path looks like and, and and what it doesn't look like same thing for for csi right um people are oh i'm gonna go do this and you're like, okay, well, let's make sure you're in the right major for that, and let's make sure you're getting the skills that you need to to be able to do those things. Because yes, it's not oh, always like on the CSI. <laughs> yeah, and but it seems we get to a lot of people in, in waves. Yeah, I was just gonna say with the CSI, like in the CSI, you know, shows that a lot of our criminal justice students have told me that they started, out, you know, they started out wanting to be CSI and then realized. And like I have to take biology or I have to take chemistry, you know, there are all these sciences. <laughs> and so, you know, that they're like, oh, that's what, so I switched over to criminal justice. And, you know, so it's really, that's another one too, where we see the, the CSI. Um, and it's like, oh, once you realize the reality of what this actually is going to entail, um, it's like, maybe I'll do something different, you know. No, absolutely. I, I, I remember being a kid. When I was a little kid, um, I was in, uh, you know, grade school, uh, our sixth grade, uh, we, we had this trip where we went to Washington, D.C., and we did all this, you know, Washington, D.C. stuff. But one of the cool things is we got to go on a tour of the FBI building, and it was so cool. And I was so taken with it. I was just amazed. And I sent the FBI a letter um, afterwards. No, again, I'm a kid, so I, I probably most definitely have a file in some room of, of the FBI building. You know, <laughs> look at this weirdo. Um, but I, I sent them a letter. And they sent me a big package back, and it had, like, a, a target that had been shot up and all this this cool stuff that, in my grade six mind, just thought was so neat. And they sent me a letter back, because I'd asked, I said, what kind of classes and stuff should I be taking, you know, if I want to be in it? Because, again, you know, uh, I, I don't even don't think that Silence of the Lamb was out yet, but, but I definitely thought that would be cool working for the FBI. And one of the things – it really took the wind out of my sails as they said, well, you need to take a lot of accounting courses. And I'm like, accounting? Yeah. <laughs> accounting? Oh, I'm not breaking indoors. What, what is up with that? And so I, that was the extent of my FBI uh, career aspirations. Um, it waned very quickly. But I did have – Well, I'm definitely – that's the first uh, thing I'm going to do when I get off the call is write a letter to the FBI because I had no idea you could get, like, flag. Like, get, get stuff. Yeah, I got yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get I, You know, it, it's funny. I remember um, – this is totally unrelated, but it's a funny story. Um, about six months later, I had sent a letter to the Marine Corps because I got this box of stuff from the FBI. And um, I saw some Marine ad in a magazine or something with some cool planes. I thought, oh, that's cool. Maybe they'll send me some plane stuff or something, you know. Yeah, that was my thought. And I kind of fibbed in the letter and and kind of lied about my age. (laughs) They didn't send me any stuff, but a couple guys in dress blue showed up at our house uh, to, uh, you know, recruit me. And my parents were not amused. And my father, who was uh, a Marine, uh, you know, had, had been a Marine, and, and I guess you're always a Marine, uh, their mentality. But, yeah, he was not a – Marines don't lie, and you lied on your age and wasted these gentlemen's time. I got in a lot of trouble for that. Uh, parental trouble, I should not – again, probably a file about me somewhere in a village. <laughs> and I got no swag from that. Um, 
Oh. Got the business from the old man. That's about it. Oh, man. Well, this, you know, this is such a cool thing, and I, I it, it helps, you know, and, and that's very, very cool. Um, now, uh, as you said, the, the – they, the Michigan State Police were probably amazed. You know, they got a response from you, ladies, and um, you know, there's a course going on now. I imagine was this the first year that you guys have offered this course there at uh, yeah. Michigan State? Yeah, this is our yeah, first this is one. one. You guys know this is going to be a line around the buildings, you know, down the quad to uh, next semester <laughs> to uh, get in there. Um, yeah, you know, this is going to be the cool class to take that everybody wants to take. Um, that's pretty neat. So you guys just put it out, and, this, and there were certain students that I, I, I want. Did it fill up pretty quick? Yeah, we had to set, set it down after, like, the application portal after, I think, two days, right, Allie? Because we, I think we couldn't, we just couldn't, we said with the first 15 we get, we will take, and then we had to set it down. Oh, that's amazing, yeah, it was, you know? Uh, the the response was overwhelming how many students were were interested in it and we're already uh getting requests for for next semester already hey when's the when's the the cold case stuff going to open up when can we start applying so i think the the buzz is out um amongst our our current students and you know kind of sharing their experiences and and some of the stuff that that karen and i have been doing and they're excited um they want to you know they want to get in on the next round which is we, we, that's kind of the whole plan is to keep, just keep building this, this program that's sustainable that's and amazing. students can keep that's amazing. funneling through. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm telling you guys, your colleagues who are teaching Scandinavian literature are, <laughs> I'm sure, extremely <laughs> jealous. You know, they're like, we had three people, three and a half people apply. How do you get a half a person? Um, <laughs> that is the fun part of our <laughs> job. I mean, like, every, you know, crime. It's never boring. You know, crime is, Allie and I, I mean, like, we, we, we can talk about crime all day long. It's, you know, it's always, like, and it, we do talk about crime all day long. And so many people find it interesting. And, and as Allie said, you know, with the true crime, with the interest in true crime, it's just, you know, so many, it's the one, I feel like it's the one thing that unites everybody at, like, the cocktail party when, like, you know, someone brings mm. up, you know, I bring up what I do or if something comes up and, you know, everybody's kind of interested and fascinated. So, yeah, definitely, I I really Absolutely. love that this is our job. You know, we're very lucky. Exactly. Well, I wish this. I wish both you ladies lived closer. Talk about dinner party guests. Oh man, <laughs> um, have you guys over once a week? You know, this is well. You know, it's it's interesting. My wife, my wife is is a huge uh, crime fan. I I don't think. I, you know, and, and just because she's my wife, that means, you know, um, she controls the television a lot. Um, you know, she, she likes to have that remote control. And so we watch a lot of this stuff. I, I, I'm actually excited just from an entertainment point of view when a new crime happens because I'm like, oh, I finally get to see uh, something new, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we're always watching stuff. We just watched uh, – Oh, the guy who had the 25 personalities, and, and uh, I can't remember his name now. It's, it's, it's on the tip of my tongue. But anyway, it was on Netflix. It was one of those deals. And, uh, you know, it was one of those five nights. We watched this guy for five nights and, um, and his criminal height. But it wasn't even that interesting a crime. It was interesting because he had all these different personalities. Uh, but, 
he wasn't like a Hannibal Lecter mastermind of crime or anything. It wasn't anything, you know, just right. kind of boring stuff, you know. Oh, well, he, he broke out of prison and did the, you know, and it wasn't anything cool. But some of this stuff, let me ask you guys this. Here's a big question, and you both are experts in this, and this is something I'm curious about. Um, it seems that there's a lot of messed up people in the world and more so than there were before. Do you think that's the case or are we just seeing more? Do we just have more access to it with the, uh, the internet and, and have, do we still have the same amount of psychos out there as, as we have always had? Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Ooh, Karen, take that one with your, with your psych <laughs> background. Your, that one's got your name all over it. Oh, I don't know about this one. Uh, that's a really, really <laughs> excellent question. Um, and I know, you know, for example, we were talking about this in class the other day. I teach a crime um, and mass media course, and we were talking about kind of the idea that, you know, the 70s were so much safer, and, like, we could all go out and play, and we just had to be home when the lights were on, and we left our doors unlocked. And, you know, there's, like, this, like, nostalgia for the past when things were, you know, just so much easier and everybody mm-hmm. was saner. And the and the fact is, you know, people weren't. Like, there were serial killers, murders happened, right? Like, sexual abuse was rampant. Um, we didn't have those conversations. We didn't talk about a lot of those things, right? Um, and media, the me- media was, you know, like now with social media um, and YouTube and live streaming, I mean, you know, people, one of the things that ha- that's now happening is people who commit crimes are, like, recording themselves, right? And you were, and and putting it out there and we oh, can yeah. see people committing crimes in life in you know, life, life streaming of child abuse is something I was just doing some research on the other day. And these are, you know, these, these terrible things. And so I think, you know, psychos have, I love, I don't usually use the term psycho. It's not super academic, but I like it in this context. Right. Um, but like, you know, I think they have a, a more of a platform now um, to put themselves out mm. there. I don't think that they're, um, that they're more prevalent. I think before, you know, we, we didn't hear about it as, as much. We didn't have the same methods of communication um, and the ability to kind of you right. know, put it all out there. So, and I think that uh, the methods have changed because of, you know, online, you being able to access more victims um, through the internet. So a lot of this stuff has changed in terms of the, the nature, the form that this crime, ta- that crime can take. So there's more opportunity, definitely. Um, but people in general, I think are, you know, all of us are, to quote Psycho, right, like we all go a little mad sometimes. I think it's a level, there's a continuum. <laughs> and, yeah, there are a lot of people at the at the end of the continuum. Well, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Let me ask you ladies this. Now, I have, um, in, in our podcast, normally an entertainment podcast, we normally have uh, a, a lot of bands and musicians and really a lot of film. We've moved more into uh, independent film and, and whatnot. You know, people make a movie and they want to get the word out. They come on the show. That's usually how uh, 90% of our, our, our podcasts here over the last seven years have went um, as far as guests and whatnot go. Um, and in that, I've made a lot of new friends and whatnot. Now, I have friends like in the horror genre movie, the, the horror movie genre that um, mm-hmm. are so annoying to watch them film with. You know, I, I just don't, I'm not a big horror person. They are. And they're like, that guy's spleen didn't explode the right way. Spleens don't act like. And I'm like, how do you know? Are you kidding me? You know, just enjoy the film. Now, if I were to sit down 
with Dr. Karen and, and uh, Allison uh, Rojek here to uh, to watch the new Silence of the Lamb or, or whatever. Um, are you guys annoying to watch a film like that with with your friends and family? Oh, I, I, I don't know about Karen, but I think I, I definitely am. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> my family gets super annoyed um, because I do feel the need to call out all the inaccuracies in, in the films. And even, you know, sometimes the, the docudramas, right, they don't always get it right. And it's, yep, I cannot mm. resist um, pointing out the things that they have, they have done incorrectly. I don't know. Karen, are, are you the same? Oh, my gosh, yes. Like, especially, so one of the things, like, Everyone that I, you know, everyone that knows me keeps saying, you need to watch Mindhunter. You need, you are, you basically, because, like, you know, I spent, before COVID, spent a lot of time interviewing individuals who are incarcerated for violent crimes. Mm-hmm. So I would go in and, you know, spend eight hours a day, like, interviewing these individuals. They were all men uh, for, a, for a project I was doing. And so every person that knew me was, you are, it's just, you're doing Mindhunter. Like, you need to watch. And I remember trying, with my husband, we tried to put on, um, the first episode, and I think maybe I got, like, I don't know, 25 minutes in, and he was just like, Let's, we're turning this off. Like, I can't watch this with you. And <laughs> so we're not, we're, yeah, I think Allie and I are not the best people to watch <laughs> watch these um, those shows with. Definitely not. It's, it's fascinating, and what a cool job, um, you know, interviewing crazy killers and stuff like that, you know, um, it's uh, who don't go up to the glass, Doctor Karen. Don't go so close to the glass. Um, no, that was that was another man. thing. I, I call it the Hannibal the Hannibal Lecter effect because you know, Allie and I were talking about this the other day too. You know, you want like you have this idea of what it's going to be like. You know, when you go in the kids and you're going to talk to this Hannibal Lecter, and often it's you know it's it's great, it's good for a society that they're not all Hannibal Lecters. But sometimes as a criminologist, you're like. Well, this was disappointing because it was a little more boring, you know, than I thought it was going to be. I thought this, this like, I thought this guy was going to be way more complex psychologically, and so, you know, like it is, it's really good for society. Sometimes it's a little disappointing in terms of like my daily dose of excitement, but yeah. It's 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 it, you know I can only imagine I can only imagine I um now see you know speaking of horror movies I'm one of those people who um like, again I like a good movie don't get me wrong um, it takes me on an emotional up and down I'm I, that's a that's a win for me um, however however um, I'm one of those people who think the the worst monster isn't a vampire or a ghost it's it's usually the you know people um, actual people you know. That that mm-hmm. guy who had those women in his house for fourteen years or whatever in Cleveland—that's yeah. scary to me. Um, and I'll tell mm-hmm. you that the scary part are the neighbors. We had no idea. Oh, well, that guy had a whole you know uh, crazy dungeon in his. We had no idea. It seemed like a nice guy to me. It had a, invited him over to the barbecue all the time. They scare me as well. You know, um, it's. Uh, it's just uh, zany the world the world we live in. Because um, you see cases like that, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, and especially like, you know, I I I moved to Florida. I never planned on moving to Florida, and there seems to be a lot of crazy stuff. Oh now. my God! Yeah. I'm just watching. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, what's in the water down here or something? But they're, you know, and just twisted stuff. You know, there was a, 
I just saw on the news this couple was keeping a kid in their garage in a box, you know, um, all just, you know, and it's very easy. It's very easy uh, as a member of society to see something like that. And you're like, yeah, those people should be shot out of a cannon into a wall, you know, mm-hmm. without looking at the cycle. Well, why did they do that? You know, with examining it. And there's people like you two that figure that stuff out. Thank God. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www. J-A-M-I-E-R-O-X-X dot U-S. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store. It's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rocking reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com, as well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show, bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. 
There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Rucks Gear, the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings from La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Maybe we need to stop doing something, you know, or you know, don't want this kind of stuff. Um, it's got to be crazy. Is there a toll? Do you guys, like, ever just get home uh, from a, a day of work, especially when you were in the field and whatnot? And you're like, okay, I, I, I want to be – I want to become Amish and move to Pennsylvania. Um, I'm much... from Pennsylvania, so I, I never want to be Amish and move to Pennsylvania. That's why. <laughs> I, just, I want a simpler life. Um, you know, <laughs> the guy was wearing nylons and smearing peanut butter all over him. So, you know, like, does it ever get to be too much? So that's one of the things we kind of wrestled with, you know, with the, the students is, is, you know, those kind of, we had a lot of conversations with them about, you know, look, and, and, and you, like you're mentioning, just that I, I think I'm still, you know, just blown away by um, by what human beings can do to one another, right? And, and some of these crimes mm. that, that happen. And so trying to, you know, kind of set the expectations for the students, like, you're going to see some stuff. You're going to see crime scene photos and descriptions of things. And, you know, uh, yeah, there, there does become days where you just kind of need to, um, that's one of the things we've been talking a lot with the detectives about is like, how do you manage all of this? Like, how do you, how do you not take these cases home with you? And, and, you know, you get home from work and you're like, okay, now I need to be mom and I need to, you know, help get kids ready for, for soccer practice and all these things and like turn that off. Um, so those are, those are really great questions that we've been talking with the, you know, with the detectives about um, and, and the students too, and, and kind of seeing their, their perspective and how do they do that? Because yeah, it is, this stuff's hard to see, um, and um, and it's it's kind of hard to once it's there, it's, it's you can't let it go. Um, I mean that's that's kind of how I I feel about it. But you know, like you said, it is it's it can be a, a real emotional toll um, to see this and and what people can do to one another. But um, trying to find ways to to cope with that, to, to take care of yourselves, and um, you know, not let that weigh too much uh, too much on you. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think for me. For me, like the studying, you know, studying sexual crime in particular, um, just because so much of it is committed by someone who's known to the victim, you know, so like a family member or mm. someone they love and trust, mm. I think that um, that definitely takes a toll. At t- I mean, when I first <laughs> became a mom, I don't think I let anyone watch my kids for like the first three years of their lives, you know, because I just was so, um, just because of the, yeah, just the stuff that I studied, you know, and I, and I think what's um, you know, you mentioned before, like the neighbors never know that something's wrong. And there's this, um, what's called like, uh, there's this term called like terrifying normality. Um, because we want to, we want to label people as monsters because it's easier than considering that they're human. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, and humans are capable right. of this like mon- monstrous behavior. Um, and it's, yeah. So, so I think for me, um, it, it's, 
like it, like Ali was saying, like you know, you take, you try not to take it home, but it, it's always there, especially with cold cases. Um, you know, tying it back to what we've been working on is like the, you know, the one of the case we're working on now is 40 years old. We've spent two years working on this case, like living and breathing wow. this case. Um, yeah, and so it's really hard when the victim is someone who never got justice. And you're, you know, like, I will try to, we'll get home and try to turn it off. But then I might think, you know, well, maybe if I read one more police report or, you know, if I go back, like, waiting for that, that aha moment that might never come. So, like Allie was saying, I think it's about trying to manage the expectations. Um, For me, I try to really, like, like, carve out some time to do stuff that's not related to crime. I I don't watch a lot of crime stuff just because it's my job. So, um, you know, I right. might like I might pick up a book on mythology or folklore. You know, read Snow White, something. Like right. But I'll still manage to find <laughs> Scandinavian ties to the time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, it is it is difficult sometimes. But the way I make myself feel better, and the sounds I kept maybe kind of cheesy and dates me too. Is like, do you remember Mr. Rogers when he says like, look for the helpers? That you know, when there's right. something scary, you always look for the people who are helping. And so for me, like. The fact that Allie and I um, get to work with so many amazing people that are doing things to try to bring justice to you know, for victims and to their families. I just try to focus on, like, all of the people I know who are doing amazing work um, to try to make the world safer and, and prevent these crimes. So that's kind of how I fall asleep at night and feel, like, okay and deal with a lot of this, the psychological stress that can come with this, this kind of work. No, absolutely, absolutely. It's um, you know, it, it it's it amazes me. It, it you know, speaking as parents too. Um, I am not a parent, but um, I've known a few. Um, <laughs> I remember many many years ago when I was in uh, high school. Yeah, you know, I was a weird kid. I I was an art kid. You know, I, I remember dating this girl, and, and she invited me home for dinner. Her father was a cop. Her father was a police detective. And I rolled in there, you know, wearing eyeliner and fishnets on my arms and stuff, thinking, uh, you know, listening to goth rock and thinking I was very cool. And her father, being a policeman, I look back on this now. I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I remember he, you know, took one look at me and uh, and then suddenly really liked me. I just thought I was the cat's meow, made me feel great, and... Uh, Totally turned her interest off. It was the worst thing he could have. Uh, he could, the best thing he could have done. Worst thing for me. Um, yeah, you know, she she dumped me the next day. Um, <laughs> didn't get the effect she was looking for. Um, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my god! But I can only imagine as parents now when your kids get a little older and stuff, they're not going to be able to get anything by you guys. You know. Um, not only have you just I'm thinking of Allie. All. Allie's there. Oh, <laughs> Karen, Karen knows my, my thoughts on uh, on this. Um, no, you're you're absolutely right. So, I mean, a, a, a kind of long-running uh, in, uh, debate, I guess you can say, in our house is I have a, a 14-year-old daughter um, in, in social oh. media, right? And, uh, you know, she, my husband, former law enforcement as well. And so, you know... Um, it was we we had this oh funny gosh. car ride home one day and she she wanted like she wanted to get on um uh social media for something and i you know knowing what karen studies and the the dangers that are out there especially online and and, and oh, all these yeah. things i'm just like i we're driving home and i'm just like she asked something about my about getting on social media and i just I was like 
I just went into this like, complete tirade about the dangers of social media. And she just kind of looked at me and she was like, I just wanted to look at Pinterest for a Halloween costume idea. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, you can use my phone for that. Um, so you, yeah, you totally if you're not going in the chat room. Yeah, exactly. Oh, was, oh yeah, but uh, I guess occupational hazard, I guess you could call that. And, like, <laughs> yes. Uh, trying to keep that oh, balance and in check is... <laughs> I, I don't blame you. I don't blame. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine. You know, and you do. You see it. You know, I, I watch Law and Order, man. It's uh, ooh, that's it's never good. You know, um, and 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 people, you know, there's and Doctor K. You know, you're right. You know, the the sexual stuff. I think that's even more heinous in a way because you're like, oh my god, you know, what is up with that? How do we get to this point? What happened? To put that idea in the gut, you know, at least I do. I, I watch this stuff, and, and, and I'm like, really? People dressed up like clowns is doing it? What happened in your life to have that happen, you know? It's, yeah. And I'm not fascinated yeah. because I have some interest in that. It's just so random and bizarre, um, some of the stuff you see, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely I thought the ladies' high heels were nice. And some people, <laughs> whenever I see the color blue, that's what, I'm like, what happened? Yeah. You know, did, is it the breakfast cereal? What, what's, there's got to be something. Um, oh, my God, I wish we could have people like, You know, like you were saying, there's always been people like that. And we just didn't know it um, or didn't even want to know yeah. it, maybe, you know. Uh, exactly. Yes. It was it's harder crazy. to find, it's you know, it's harder to find that stuff before. Now, you know, you can go online and get whatever you want, you know. Um, but before, you had to really find other out. people like, into it. Exactly. Yeah, and then exactly. the support that peer, like that support from your peers then, right, is like, yeah, I'm into this too. And, like, you know, we study forum data, um, a couple of colleagues of mine, so we go into some of these forums where people are, into some pretty, you know, twisted stuff and kind of read through posts and, and see the way that they kind of, you know, support each other and, and really, um, you know, like, essentially, they kind of, you know, in terms of their beliefs, like, through interacting with one another can really help to, like, strengthen those beliefs or push people to do things maybe outside of the, the online sphere. So, it's yeah, it's very interesting. The Internet has... You know, it's been amazing in some respects, and then it's just the, literally the worst place in the world, you know. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Like the dirtiest, gotcha. grossest place ever. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it's very, very true. Um, you know, I remember many, many years ago, I had uh, seen this. Like I said, I was a weird artsy kid. All my friends were weird artsy, and we used to go to this, this you know, night. We were club kids. We went to a lot of nightclubs, and uh, – Having a great time, you know, we'd all get dolled up and go out and just have a great time. And then one day, um, I don't know, I was home or something, I was flipping to the TV and I watched that Mr. For, Looking for Mr. Goodbar movie, you know, where, and uh, which did not end well. Spoiler alert, folks. Uh, if you ever watched that, Richard Gere, I think it was Diane Keaton in it. Anyway, um, I watched that and I, I was thinking, maybe I don't need to be hanging out in nightclubs four nights a week. You know, there are some crazy people out there. Um never had any bad experiences or anything like that, but you just never know. Um, it's, uh, it's zany. Let me ask you, uh, you ladies, this. Now, also, one of the things that get covered are um, in entertainment. 
you know, the, the crimes that are happening. You know, suddenly we have movie stars that are, it comes out, you know, have a panache for cannibalism and stuff like, what is that? You know, what, are you kidding me? Um, we you, Is it just a case of seeing it more, do you think? Or is it self-fulfilling? Do people see this and say, well, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm thinking about this a lot or something. I mean, have you... What do you ladies think? What is your theory on, on the rise of, of deviancy? Allie, do you want this or do you want to go for it? Karen, this is go for it. This is uh, I mean this is this is your, your, your area of expertise, right? This is your um, this is what you've you've spent your career studying. Yeah, I mean so some really excellent you're asking like some really excellent questions. And so, you know, like in terms of the the idea, and I feel like here's where I get to, where here's where I'm an academic, and I feel like we need to sit down for three hours so I can talk to you about all the different definitions of deviancy and how how do we define it. And so, rather than bore you with that, I'll try to just make this you know um, podcast friendly and, and entertaining. So you know, it's interesting to think about deviancy from like a historical standpoint, right? Because what's deviant today wasn't deviant, you know, 20 years ago or 400 years ago, right? So it, when we right. this, when I teach my, my sex crimes class, you know, we talk about, you know, ancient Greece and we talk about how sex between adults and children was something that was permissible. And so um, one of the Absolutely. things I think that we, yeah, so like, and now, you know, there are people who still hold, who do still engage in that behavior that will use that as an excuse and say, well, it's only deviant because society now says it, it is. It's not inherently deviant because it used to be fine. And so we see a lot of that kind of argument and those justifications and kind of rationalizing behavior. Um, and so what's deviant changed, like I think that one of the issues is what's deviant is not static, right? What's deviant changes and mm. it changes with technology and it changes with, you know, um, social movements and, and just all kinds of things can go into that. So when we say like you know are things getting more devi- or, you know things getting more deviant it's it's difficult I think that um, we're getting as a society we're putting more out there so we've got like the celebrity mm. culture and people putting themselves out on YouTube and people talking more about the things that they're doing and this like um, you know, like my six year old daughter like is talking about a YouTube channel she wants a YouTube channel and it's like you know you don't need it. Like in my mind, you know, I want to tell her like, no, you're going to, the first thing someone's going to do is try to exploit you because that's where my mind goes. Right. But there's this like, you know, even from even children are saying like, I need to put myself out there into the the world. And there's just so, so I think, you know, it's the connectivity also like that allows us to find people who are into, you know, you could go online right now and Google like cannibal forum and you could find a bunch of, of people. And so I think, you know, the, the idea, like, I think the rise of true crime, definitely people are more cognizant now of, like, what kinds of things are out there, too. Like, they're reading about different things. Um, but I, this is a very long-winded way of saying, you know, probably not answering your question at all, um, but saying I think what the problem is, like, that we don't even necessarily agree on what deviancy is and that it's such a, like, mm. a slippery concept. Um, but definitely right. it's more, cool. it's out there, Right. Right, right. Well, let me ask maybe an easier, uh, maybe a little more focused question. Um, as parents, and, and I'm sure there's lots of parents out here listening uh, to this, um, are there, I mean, are there pretty telltale signs that, you know, you, you need to take Junior um, to, uh, to a doctor pretty quick? You know, I mean, 
there's certain tropes, you know, oh, they're, they're hurting animals or, uh, you know, this or that. Um, is that pretty much it? Or, or if you think there's a problem, there, pro- there might be a problem, you know? Um, and what constitutes a problem? Like you were saying, you know, I mean, um, what you may think is just crazy and, and, and isn't. <laughs> it's a normal thing. I, I don't know, you know. But are there certain telltale red flags uh, that, that you, if you see, you're like, oh, I might have a Dexter on my hands, you know. Um, oh, I wish. I wish they were like, oh. I wish they were, you could just look at someone and, you know, identify. I think definitely, you know, especially like in children, and I'm not like a developmental psychologist, but, you know, I think like um, certain levels of acting out or, phys- you know, getting physical or physically violent um, mm. or any kind of self-harm, doesn't necessarily, again, does not mean anyone's going to be a serial killer, um, but that, that would be like kind of a red flag of like, hey, this, you know, there's stuff going on and maybe we should intervene and get, you know, I'm a big believer in like intervention rather than, you know, like reacting, like prevention rather than responding to someone, um, you know, after oh, something terrible happens. And I think also, Ali, you, you have teens, Ali has teens, so she would know maybe more about this, but, you know, a lot of the, you know, looking at the, you know, monitoring what they're looking at online. So if they're going to violent websites or they're posting violent content or, you know, looking at violent pornography, like those are all things that um, to me would be red flags. Allie, what do you think? Oh, yeah, I I would definitely agree with with what you're saying there, Karen. And, you know, as parents, um, you know, just be, I guess for, you know, my thought is just being engaged, right, and and knowing what your kids are up to. Um, That's a big part of it. And, And so much of it does happen you know, on their phones, these kids, the kids are, you know, they're attached to those things all day and all night, mm. you know, that's, that's a lifeline. Um, and so to, to kind of monitor, you know, and I, I know that's a, that's a hard kind of line of respecting their privacy, but also, you know, kind of making sure they're like Karen said, you know, what, what are they looking at? Um, and so just kind of being, mm. you know, being aware and, and, and knowing what's going on and, and seeing changes and, and things that are like, Hey, something, something's different, you know, and, 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 what does that maybe correspond to? Is there anything, you know, like I said, in their social media or anything that it might, you know, kind of help maybe give us some, some answers of to, to what might be going on. And, you know, I'm right there with Karen, you know, getting an, an intervention as opposed to reacting and waiting for something to happen and then react to it um, and, and try to respond to it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And oh I my gosh. Just thinking about it. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Finish your thought. I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. I, Go ahead, Karen. No, it's like a it's a soapbox um, that I guess. But like, I think we need to be talking to our kids about a lot of this stuff way sooner than we do. You know, we tend to think like, oh, we have plenty of time to talk to them about the dangers of, you know, of the internet, or we have plenty of time to talk to them about what to do if they receive a picture of someone and they're nude, or you know, from a friend on a cell phone, or um, you know, if they see something, you know, online pornography, but. You know, studies have shown that this this stuff is happening a lot sooner than we think it is. And so I think one of the biggest things for me is, like, the more taboo something is, the more, I don't know about you all, but, like, when I was a kid, the more I wanted to see it. And, like, I wanted, I needed Mm -hmm. to investigate that. And so for me, like, there are age-appropriate ways of talking about things like body safety or, you know, like, safe adults for, you know, um, and then, like, you know, like, media literacy for kids, you know, for kids. And so... Um, I think we need to have those conversations way sooner than we're having them. And it can be really uncomfortable, I think, to 
to, to, to think about those things um, or to talk to your kids about those things, but there are ways that you can do it that aren't fear-based, really, that are, like, education-based, that are developmentally appropriate. Um, and I, I think those are really important conversations to have that we need to have a lot sooner than, than we do. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, um, you know, I, and it's, it's crazy because, you know, again, I'm based in South Florida. Um, didn't grow up here, just came to visit, met a girl, got married, you know, that it's a story as old as time. Uh, but, but here we are. I don't think, and I will say, and I'm sure I will get emails for this. Um, I don't think brushing certain topics under the rug is the answer. Oh, we're just not going to talk. We're just going to ignore that and not right. talk about it. Um, yeah. You know, that, that isn't the way to do it. I expect, oh, you know, kids are to a certain age, uh, or everybody's different, and, uh, you know, everybody does different things. Um, and you can't just brush it away, uh, you know. It's just, uh, it, it's, it's insane to think. It, it reminds me a lot of when I was a kid, uh, the big rise of abstinence. Uh, you know, you always mm-hmm. heard that. Oh, just say no. Don't. Do, yeah, telling a teenager not to do that kind of, you know, don't smooch anybody. Um that just reinforces what, you know, they're like, oh, thanks for putting that idea in my head. I definitely want to do that now, you know. Um, <laughs> it, it ain't going to work, man. Uh, yeah. Crazy, crazy. I was just yeah. thinking, can you imagine? Now, Allison said she has a 14-year-old. Can you imagine? Uh, she, I don't know if she's hit that yet, Allison, but she, she, it might be coming soon, just, uh, just to let you know. Can you imagine being going through your rebellious phase in Allison's house? Your, your dad, oh my God. Your mom, your mom says, oh, my God, you know. I heard oh, Allie get, it, get huh? uh, I've heard her, discipline, her like, disciplinarian voice uh, when we've been on the phone, and it's terrifying to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to yell at the kid to come here now. <laughs> so, even, like, as a grown adult who Allie has no, you know, jurisdiction over, I'm terrified. <laughs> Oh. oh my gosh! Well, I know um, I've kept you ladies way long. I could have one of these Joe Rogan three-hour podcasts with you both. Are so <laughs> fascinating, and um, it's it's just you're just cool. Turned up to ten, um, and you're doing something really cool. You know, you, you have this class going. Uh, obviously, this will continue. I would imagine um, uh, that portal will open again at some point, and people will be able to sign up for it again. Mhm. Yep. yep. Very soon. We it's the- going to be getting our, for the next round. Yep. Nice. Nice. And I'm sure the state police are cool with all this. You know, they're like, hey, we got some help on this, man. Um, 40-year-old case. Uh, you know, I, is it statewide uh, the cases, or are they all local to Lansing Central? You know, where uh, you know Michigan State and all that that area. Um, so this particular uh, this particular district that we work in um, that we're working in they cover nine counties um, around the Lansing area. Um, that's the the wow. district that we work. Um, and there's a number of other districts um, that are also partnering with with other academic uh, institutions. So um, it it seems to be kind of um, taking off a little bit this idea of partnerships. And we had a, a really good meeting today. And you know their 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 thoughts are kind of one of the um, you know one of the the staff at MSP. Um, I was like, hey, 
you know, 30 to 40 years of police work didn't solve this case. It's, it's worse, like you said at the beginning, those fresh set of eyes, um, you know, looking at it maybe from a different perspective. Maybe they'll see something that we didn't. Um, what it, what, you know, and so it's really cool. They get some labor out of it. They get some, you know, new eyes. Students get great experience. It's just a really awesome um, kind of collaboration that, that we've got growing here. Yeah. Oh, it's very, very cool. Very, very cool. It, um, you know, and, and you guys, you know, you don't have that Wayne County stuff happening. No, I'm teasing. Don't send me emails about <laughs> Wayne County. I'm sure it's very nice. I've heard everything has changed since I lived there. Um, oh, my gosh. Um, there's no random burning cars sitting around. Uh, but it was back in the day. It was, it was crazy. Um, yeah. It was a weird place. Well, I'm so glad that you ladies are on the case, you know, and getting your students on the case as well. It's uh, it's amazing. And, you know, hopefully, like you say, other uh, districts and whatnot will, will look at this, other schools, other police departments, and say, you know, hey, maybe we need to get something like that going here, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Let's uh, look what they're doing there. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> very, very cool. Any, Thank you. Let me ask you, ladies, this, to end the show, any last words uh, of advice or just shout out, whatever you want to say, uh, about somebody like yourself 20 years ago, 15 years ago, you know, 10 years ago, somebody wanting to get into this? Oh, um I think somebody who wants to, somebody who wants to do something like this in their future, like if I were to go back, um, mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, talk, take advantage of all the opportunities that come in front of you. Um, I think I've had kind of a, a, a different career path. I've kind of gone in and, in and out of academia, um, you know, working the practitioner side. Um, for, for somebody who wants to do this, take advantage of opportunities. You never know what opportunity is going to turn into something that becomes the thing that you really want to do, right? So sometimes maybe it's a job that um, – not exactly what you want to do, but like maybe you can make a connection, but maybe you make a network, right? And then this person opens mm. up this whole other set of opportunities for you. So just be open to ideas. Um, you know, you never know where your path is going to take you. Um, there's not, I guess the one thing I always learned, there's not one way, there's not only one way to get to a, to get to your destination. Um, so be willing to, to kind of take those different paths sometimes. Yeah. And like speaking of the path, I also think it's important to know, you know, that, not everyone's path is linear. Uh, my path certainly was not linear. It was quite non-traditional. Um, and so not to get, I think, you know, not to get discouraged when you feel like maybe you're not sure if you're where you want to be. Um, or, you know, I think a lot of it too is you, you kind of get to where you want to be by figuring out where you don't want to be. And so like figuring out, you know, taking a job out of, um, out of college. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, I was like, okay, I know I hate doing this. And so, I'm going to cross this off the list, right? Like, I do not want to work in this this field. Um, so I think, you know, not getting discouraged um, when those things happen, but looking at them as learning opportunities. And then the other thing I, I would say is, like, you know, Allie said, remaining open to opportunities and also finding mentors. I've always been the kind of person who will just cold email, um, like, someone, a rock star in the field and just be like, hey, I want to be like you. Um, what do I, what do I do? And I still do that to this day. And it really has always been, you know, kind of like you sending the letter to the FBI. Um, I've reached out to some of like the biggest names in, in the field, you know, that I wanted to go into and people have always been so supportive. 
And so I think, you know, getting mentors, um, I did, like looking at people that you want to be like and, and asking them for advice um, and not being scared to just put yourself out there is another thing that I would say. Um, and then don't get discouraged. You know, again, like you're going to have setbacks or you're going to feel like you're not doing the right things or, you know, things aren't um, maybe adding up. But, but then it, it seems as though at some point it all kind of comes together and like it makes you the person who, you know, who you are. And, and you, I don't know, for me, you know, I think, um, again, it was very nonlinear, but I, I'm exactly where I want to be. And, and then meeting Allie was like team force. We just kind of like are an unstoppable force now, you know? So, <laughs> so yeah. And any way that we can help, right. you know, anything, um, and, you know, our contact information is, you know, is online. So we're, we're more than happy to answer questions and, um, give advice and come back on if you want to have us again. We, you know, Absolutely. anything we can do to help. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, it wouldn't surprise me if some of these uh, film people, uh, my film friends, uh, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me if you guys get an email. Hey, we're making this movie, and it's about this uh, this particular type of psycho. Uh, you know, do you do consulting work? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I would love that. Uh, that's a like dream job. <laughs> I, yeah, dream job. I have so much material for you all. Like, hit me up. Hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, it's it's amazing. And you know, the, the big thing, folks. We 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 talked. We covered a lot of ground on this episode, of course. Uh, one of the big things that I don't want uh, us to to gloss over is this is a great opportunity for some some good people to finally get some closure on uh, you know the, the worst day of their life and and stuff that yeah. happened. Uh, yep. In all absolutely. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, keep doing what you're doing, ladies. It's uh, it's so cool. I've made some new friends, cool friends. I love it. I love it. Um, very, very We're going to come cool. visit you in, in Florida. We're going to get some of that South Florida I'm, weather. That would be lovely. So. I'm telling you, about February is the time to do, you know, I, I remember Michigan, you know. Uh, this guy's yeah. been gray for six months. And, uh, oh, man. Exactly. It's, uh, <laughs> Let me put it this way. You have a friend. Me and my wife live, you know, a couple blocks from the beach. It's not bad. Oh. We have a guest room. You know, I got my crazy dog, but we'll keep her uh, in the, the RV. <laughs> uh, okay. Very, very cool. Sounds awesome. good. <laughs> well, have a great one. And listeners, if this is something you're into and, uh, you know, you're, you're in that particular area and you want to sign up, uh, again, we have the information up, uh, you know, get in touch and look for that portal to open up. I don't know. How, they're probably going to have to do a lottery system or something on it because I predict, and I'm no expert in this. I've just been around a while. I'm an old man. Um, that this is going to be the hot course to take at Michigan State, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're going to have to start five of these or something. It's, uh, it's <laughs> how cool. How Oh, oh man. Anyway, and uh, and if you're into Scandinavian literature, pursue that as well. It's fascinating. It's fascinating. <laughs> I I've joked about this on this episode. I just had a guest um, who wrote a, a fantasy book based on um, Finnish folklore and uh, Finnish mythology, and uh, oh. it's fascinating. I buy, I got his books, and uh, interesting. He was um, this is but you guys are part of my highbrow guests. 
that I started having on the show. Uh, he oh. was one of the first. Oh. And uh, he was assistant, you know, assistant director to the uh, the U.S. Embassy in uh, Kiev there in Ukraine. And uh, in his spare time, wrote a book about Finnish mythology. So I, it's in my brain right now because I've just been reading that. And, uh, you know, then we have some some experts in criminology on the show. I mean, come on. But, yes, we're still going to have some movies of people that made a movie about zombies. But, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm working hard here, folks. I'm working hard. Uh, but, no, this is fascinating to me. Keep doing what you're doing. I think it's it's great work. You know, and it's just thank you so, so cool. much. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you for having Absolutely. us. Yes, thanks for having now, us. Anytime. On the, on the and I'm going to be right in touch, and we will have you guys again on. Uh, you know, as 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 you guys' schedule permits and whatnot. It's just I could talk to you every day. It fascinates me. <laughs> it fascinates. Me. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Well, have a good one, everybody. And uh, we're up so against much. the weekend. Oh, say again. Oh, I said thank you so much. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Folks, remember, uh, this episode will be converted to a podcast. We will uh, blast that out on all the social media platforms and on all the podcasting platforms. We're on over 580 of those. Yeah, I'm I'm amazed that there are 580 podcasting platforms, but there are, and we're on them all. Uh, So whether you're – oh, and I want to say – However you're listening to the show, whether it be on Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, whatever, um, the links and links to our advertisers, all that, uh, all stay active. You can click right on it and get where you need to go. Um, or in this case, send Dr. Karen a, uh, an email. Um, you know, please just don't send her regular mail with, uh, you know, from a cutout magazine or something. You, you don't, she doesn't want letters like that. <laughs> Oh, I, I get those letters. I get those letters. Oh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Love that blue scarf you're wearing there, Dr. Kent. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> woo. Woo. And, uh, and Allison, remember, uh, I'm sure I'm sure she's she's just doing her best. You know, let her, let her pick out those Halloween costumes. As long as it's not the Hannibal Lecter outfit, you know? Nobody wants the Hannibal Lecter for Halloween. Nothing wrong with but Snow then White. I could be Clarice. I could be Clarice Starling, and we could make that work. Yes. <laughs> yes. There you go. There you go. Oh man. Anyhow, anyhow. You know, funny thing about a lot of people don't realize. I always say, for some reason, Silence of the Land always comes up at parties and whatnot, and I always point this out to people, and they're always amazed. You know, the the actor who played Buffalo Bill, police captain from Monk. You know, the the Detective Monk show. The guy who was the police captain, same actor that played Buffalo Bill. You know, the, the lotion uh, I did that not guy. put that together. Yeah, yeah. no. Who, and that, now I'm going to have to know, go. He's a great play. actor. Yeah. <laughs> who would have thought that? Was great yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy, crazy. But, yeah, I'm a big science of the lamp fan as well. Uh, oh, man. Telling you when he when he was in the ambulance, not good. Oh my god! Yeah. (laughs) Give me my my hair on my arms are standing up just thinking about that. Not good at all. Um, No. uh, But uh, I'm telling you, the guy who ran that asylum too. I've I've never. That's the comeuppance. Uh, when I watched the Jaws, I wanted what happened to him to uh, happen to the mayor and Jaws of that little town. Nothing ever happened to him. Oh. But, um, oh. 
What a creep. Yeah. What a creep. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about like depictions, like movie depictions, but it's interesting, like when you're watching, like, you know, it's, uh, what was the guy's name? The guy you were just talking about, Silence of the Lambs, the creep. You're like, you know, I mean, he's like on the same, like, he's also like kind of a villain, right? Like, you've got Hannibal Lecter, but you've also got this other guy who's on the opposite side who's villainous in a different way, which I think is a really interesting oh, thing yeah. to think about. Again, it's just like continuum of villainy, you know? Absolutely. He's trying to take uh, advantage of uh, Agent Sterling there and take, I'm like, what is that? Are you How unprofessional. Anyway, anyway, that's just me putting my morals on. <laughs> a place that probably has no place. Um, anyhow, anyhow. Well, thank you ladies so much. And uh, folks, uh, like I said, this will be out. Uh, thanks for listening. Be sure to check out our advertisers. We will see you next week. Next week is Music Week. We have um, all bands and uh, new music uh, from some very cool musicians coming up next week. And, um, yeah, look forward to that. Hey, have a great weekend, everybody. And remember, the world is still a weird place. Be kind to each other. You know, if you have a particular viewpoint on a store policy of whatever, um, don't yell at the cashier. Just go home and write an email. You'll You'll feel better. The cashier will feel better. Me standing in line behind you will feel better. Um, Let's all move on with our day and just be nice to each other. How about that? How about that? What a goal. Anyhow, we will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, the Harry Hicks from Sverige. Ocnilis Matil Pop Rocks Radio made Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.